This is a 30-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 Livestream Workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. Now back to Riffin' with Raph and AD on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Are back, riffing with Ralph and AD on this Wednesday night. AD, we got ourselves a guest here tonight, one of the all-time great defensive ends at the University of Nebraska, Mr. Des Moines Adams. Des Moines, you there? Yes, I am. And you know, uh, don't go too too far by saying all-time great because uh, there was a <laughs> some big shoes I had to fill with that real number ninety-eight, Grant Woodstrom. <laughs> The humility of Des Moines Adams. <laughs> Demo, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing blessed, man. Appreciate you guys for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. It was we, it, it was one we were definitely looking forward to. I know uh, uh, we'll get into more how you've been on this number of times. The listeners that listened to the previous hour to six or seven to teammates, uh, Des Moines Adams is the CEO uh, of the Lincoln Teammates chapter, which is, I know is a tremendous honor for him. Uh, being uh, uh, coined, not coined, but being appointed by uh, Coach Tom Osborne. So, Des Moines, again, thanks for joining us tonight, man. So, Des Moines, tell us this, man. You know, what, why is it important? I'll get more on this later, but why is it important for you and the teammates' organization, organization uh, to keep that uh, advertising and marketing and just uh, letting people know the importance of mentoring? Because I know we're just, you know, obviously January 2nd, so we're two days out of January, January's National Mentoring Month, and I know we belabor this, but you can't belabor the importance of mentoring enough. Why did you stay involved with mentoring even after college days? Uh, you know, uh, just being a football player, you know, uh, I just learned how important it was to use my role to be a role model. You know, mm-hmm. being a hustler gave me a platform. And some people can use that uh, to do good, or some people can use it uh, for selfish reasons. So very fortunate I had mentors in my life to uh, help me to, to be that influence. And so uh, from college, um, I always uh, had that platform, played a little football after college. Then when I got back, you know, I had to get a real job, worked at university. And then uh, Coach Osborne recruited me for the second time, but this time to play on his other team, this team called Teammates Mentoring. And so I didn't think it was a real job, you know, because, you know, here I, <laughs> I get an opportunity to make a difference in so many lives. You talk about mentoring and encourage others to give back to serve their community. Uh, man, uh, it's been uh, truly rewarding and uh, very meaningful uh, to me and hopefully uh, to everyone who I get to touch. 
Absolutely. Des Moines, the, the lives that you and your uh, your teammates, uh, pun intended, <laughs> the, the lives that you and your teammates are impacting around the state and five other states, might I add, uh, is impactful, man. And so it's a it's really it's a blessing and honor that we were able uh, to get you. And I know for you to um, tell the coach no a few times this time, you just like I, this, this has got to happen. You know, this has got to happen. And I'm we're glad you did. We're glad you didn't tell him no this time. We're glad you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well Des Moines we got to go back we got to go back to where it all started Pine Bluff Arkansas Pine Bluff High School born and raised born and raised <laughs> question I got for you is looking back on some of your statistics and some of your highlights and stuff in high school I saw back in 1998 you won the state title your relay team in the 4 by 100 yeah the 4 by 200 <laughs> And the four by four hundred, and then I see that you check s- this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see you set the school record, and you benched four hundred and five pounds, bruh. <laughs> uh, what sprinters bench pressing four hundred five? Hey, uh, you know, uh, it had to be something that they put in that soul food that I was eating down south. <laughs> you know, that, that cornbread, them greens with them uh, neck bones in it. You know. Uh, it had to been something in that soul food. Uh, you know, uh, you know, as a kid, um, I just uh, learned the value of, of work ethic yeah. early, and, and I just enjoy working out, doing push-ups. Um, I mean, every day, uh, any opportunity, I saw the improvement, and it just paid off on the field, on the track. But uh, I was just one of those guys that just uh, knew that. I wasn't the most talented, but hard work would help me. And mm-hmm. um, lo and behold, I guess it, it helped me my senior year, helped me get to Nebraska. So uh, you get out what you put in. So I guess all of the time and energy that I put in uh, is what I got out. And that's a message that I, I, I try to share with so many other people that you can't expect something by doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, the things that I've achieved, all came from putting in the time, the energy, the hard work, the effort. Uh, and so, um, you know, in life, uh, you know, don't expect something by doing nothing. That's powerful, man. Don't expect something by doing nothing. when you were, you know, when, when I read that stat, and which is looking up, you know, like I said, we've known each other, you know, almost longer than we haven't known each other now. You know, when you first came in here, you know, we were able to meet in, obviously had a, a friendship and a brotherhood, you're like family. And some of these accolades, I didn't even know, you know, because it's like, you know, you, you get to know your brothers or some things your brothers did that you, I'm like, man, I didn't realize he, he did all that. You know, and so when I, I looked that up, me and Ralph were just kind of doing the research and then bringing that question up. That's one of the first things I was looking at. I was like, man, this brother run the four by one, four by two, four by four, and the bench press contest. But why did you choose Nebraska? You had other offers out there, you know, but why, what was it about Nebraska that stood out for you? You know, honestly, uh, once I got recruited, it was a no-brainer. But, you know, long story short, when I got all of those uh, football camp offers in the mail, I couldn't afford to go to no Michigan or Notre Dame or Penn State. Nebraska, it was the cheapest football camp, $150. I looked at the flight, 220 bucks. Had a job at the movie theater. <clears throat> I could afford it. And so, uh, you know, uh, I didn't really know – the tradition and just all of the just hype around Nebraska because growing up, 
it was all about Florida State, Notre Dame. That's all that came on TV. But I came up to the camp, had that AstroTurf. I mean, man, I, I was blazing, you know, <laughs> when it came to doing the 40 and all of those other drills. Uh, and I just caught the eye of Coach Osborne, Craig Bow, Charlie mm-hmm. McBride, Nelson Barnes. And um, for them to tell me that I had potential, you know, that motivated me. I mean, I want to go back to Pound, but keep taking the ACT to get the score that I needed. And then once Nebraska started recruiting me, they were no, the number one team in 1997. So mm-hmm. it was a no-brainer. And then, of course, every other college wanted to come out of the woods and start recruiting me. And so it's it's funny. People want you when they know other people want you. And so mm. uh, I knew Nebraska was the place to be. Um, and um, I wanted to be that outlier. I mean, it was unheard of for someone from Palm of Arkansas to go way across the country to somewhere else. But I've always been an outlier, and still to this day, I tend to do things that uh, other people don't do. I've never been a follower, always been a leader. Mm-hmm. You know, I can um, um, I can attest to that, just seeing that from you firsthand. You've always been your own man, you know, very quiet. You let your actions always speak louder. Uh, than your words, you know, and speaking of actions, you said you worked at a movie theater? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, two years, one of the best jobs in the world. One of the best jobs in the world. I actually wanted to open up a movie theater if, uh, you know, I didn't get my first job at the university. Um, man, I'm telling you, that fresh popcorn going in there, uh, <laughs> catching people sneaking in the movies, doing things in the movies that they don't supposed to be doing. One of the best jobs in the world. Hey, Rap, I was about to ask him, Mark, too. At Bench Press 405, I'm sure no kids are trying to sneak in that theater. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> uh, you purchase your candy but, from the concession stand. <laughs> you know you're not outrunning them either. I mean, no, you're not outrunning that guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I was right there flashing them flashlights. Uh, yeah, so no one could pull anything on me. Plus, you know, Palm Bluff was about... 55,000, but to me that was small until I came to Nebraska and I really learned what smaller was. 1,500, 2,000 population in some of these towns. So, yeah. uh, perspective wise, um, being in Nebraska, uh, Nebraska has been great. I mean, I would say this is my home. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always uh, you know, telling folks my, my roots, my accent is always the South, but Nebraska uh, is definitely home to me. Great people up here. Uh, very fortunate uh, just to receive that same love back. <laughs> so you make your way up to Nebraska. Um, who were like the players that like took you under your wing when you got here and kind of showed you the Nebraska way? Oh man, you know uh, one person uh, I can tell you, Mr. Aaron Davis. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, you know. At the time, you know he. New brothers like myself, Keo Craver, DeWan Gross, we're mm. coming in. We don't have no family. Brought us on our wings, got us connected to a church, invited us over, you know, to, to get some fried chicken, all of the food that we were used to. <laughs> and then, you know, over the years, you know, um, you know, Aaron, you know, it, it was something about him, you know, his energy. But then, you know, he would also, you know, put me on his wings, take me out, you know, and just seeing him speak and, like, motivate others, like, that to me that was inspiring you know i'm an introvert you know i'm I'm quiet um even growing up as a kid i stuttered but you know 
Aaron was someone that I began to look up to because he didn't have to look up. I mean, look after me. I mean, he had a wife. He had kids. But, you know, uh, you know, for, for his heart to look out for brothers like myself, you know, here we are, you know, 20-plus years later, uh, you know, um, I'm trying to keep up with him in terms of what he showed me and just how he used his role and his platform. Um, you know, I'm trying to keep up with him. So kind of like um, trying to keep up with Grant Wistrom when it comes to football, you know, I'm trying to keep up with Aaron Davis. So, you know, I, to this day, very grateful that, you know, Aaron believed in me. He saw something that I didn't see in terms of being my mentor and um, and helping me to believe in what I can give to the world. And so uh, not just as a speaker, but even in his role as a CEO for, for teammates. And so uh, Aaron Davis uh, definitely uh, has been a huge inspiration to me in my life. I don't know about you. I I don't know about you, AD, but we got to try getting this Aaron Davis on the show sometime. Sounds like a a phenomenal guy. (laughs) You know, man, when when, to see what Des Moines is doing today is not surprising at all. And and first of all, little bro, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled and thrilled and honored. I was just one of a few, you know, just one of a few. You know, because uh, that and that the Nebraska way that you talk about is something that that comes down from Coach Osborne, the coaches that taught us to look out for each other. You know, it's just seeing Bo in here before we walked in the previous show. You know, again, it was just something that we always had to look out for each other, and that was something that Coach, you know, that whole that whole think about the whole coaching staff. Those guys were tightly knit. Now you think about the demo. There wasn't a lot of turnover and things like that, so we learned those things honestly and obviously. You know, God rest his soul. I had a great mentor in my dad, you know, Des Moines, who you also got to know and um, that looked at you like a son. You know, he'd say, Des Moines, Brother Demo, son, <laughs> son, how's, how's Brother Demo? Hey, man. And every, every third word my dad would say was, hey, man, Brother Demo, those big, those big godly arms you have, Brother Demo. <laughs> <laughs> So as much oh, as I miss man. my pops, man, everything that – anything that I've learned to value definitely came from mentors, uh, from my dad, Coach Osborne. And then, like I said, when the mentee becomes the mentor, because there's many, many times, Des Moines, you have been with me some of the roughest times of my life, you know, through deaths in my family and just life in general, ups and downs and struggles. You, you were always there and always still continue to be there, man. So that's – it doesn't surprise me, and I'm grateful uh, that you were a mentor for me. You know, so we reciprocate iron sharpens iron that you're there. And to see you in the role that you're in now with teammates, it doesn't surprise me one bit. Here's one thing I want you to think about, too. And again, man, I appreciate you. And I love you to appreciate you more than you know, Oscar, bro. You graduated in three years in undergrad. Bruh, it took me three years to decide what I was going to major in. <laughs> I mean, what was, <laughs> that goes into your mindset, though, that you've always had to want to improve yourself. How do you do that in three years? And as, was academics always something that was, that was uh, a high priority for you? Because to graduate in three years from any school, just not doing anything is tough. You graduate in three years playing D1 football. How did you do that? No. You know, not at all. I actually got a 1.6 that first semester. I was okay, back was around in Abel Hall and just uh, living it up. Dennis LeBlanc, um, you know, I give him, you know, credit for yes. giving me that second chance. And I had to take 18 credit hours just to get caught back up. I had to retake classes, make myself eligible. And then from there, I saw success. I went from a 1.6 to 
to like a 3.3, and I was like, wow, this is the first time in my life I'm getting good grades. Of course, I had tutors for every class, study hall, had folks um, sneaking into classes, you know, making sure I was in there. I mean, like, <laughs> Nebraska Athletics, I mean, they held us accountable. Yes, they did. And so then, you know, at the time, Bobby Newcomb yeah. graduated in three and a half years. And, you know, I was still meeting with Dennis. I asked Dennis, you know, how did he graduate in three and a half? And he said, well, he took 18 credit hours every semester, went to summer school. And I said, you know, is that something that I can do? And then I can just focus on football the last two years. Dennis could have said, heck no, or, you know, I think you should just, you know, get by, do the bare minimum. But he believed in me. He said, mm. you know, Devon, I believe you can do it. Here's what you got to do. And so I took 18 credit hours every semester, went to summer school. I continued to have tutors for every class, even though I didn't have to. I put myself in study hall on the weekend while everybody else was on O Street partying. I was at the house studying, kept myself out of trouble. And and it influenced Keo Craver, All-American, to hmm. do the same. And so doing those things, that's what helped me to graduate in three. And Keo graduated in three and a half. So wow. I would say it kept me out of trouble. Uh, wasn't the smartest student, but it goes back to that hard work. It goes back to setting the goal and, and using the resources, not being afraid to ask for help. And I think that is a challenge for a lot of student-athletes, a lot of people, is that fear that if I ask for help, that means I'm weak. That mm-hmm. means I'm incompetent. But I ask for a lot of help. Mm-hmm. And so – Graduating in three years with five minors, been academic All-American, um, that was a team effort. And Dennis LeBlanc, uh, kudos to him for believing in me. And, and to this day, I thank him anytime, every time I see him. Dennis LeBlanc and Keith Zimmer, those guys kept us accountable. You think about this, Mark and Raf, to go from a 1.6 GPA to a three-time first-team academic All-Big 12. I mean, that is that is crazy, you know, and that's the shows you the fortitude that you had to say, you know what? OK, next challenge. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing to do that. That's amazing to do that. Raph, what you got, man? All right. On to my next question. Oh, first off, if you guys have any questions out there, you can call the Honda of Lincoln hotline at 402-464-5685 or at the same number. You can text us on the Sarder Heyman text line. Any questions that you have for Des Moines tonight, uh, I'm sure he'd be happy to answer them for you. AD, you actually had a text come in yourself. Um, Chris Leininger says you're one of the most positive people that he has ever encountered. So I just want to let you know that. We always try to maybe have you cry one or two times on the show. So. <laughs> Chris, I appreciate you, my man. I tell you what, positivity sometimes comes through pain. So sometimes more pain you have, the more positivity you can get if you look at it with the right perspective. So, man, I appreciate that, Chris, man. And thanks for tuning into the show, too, man. I appreciate it. It also helps us round yourself with good people like we got in here in the studio tonight with Mark Raff and, of course, our guest tonight, Des Moines Adams, who we have on here. So, Chris, I appreciate you, brother. All right. So, on to my question. The question I got for you is a lot of people always ask me all the time, they're like, who are these players' favorite or the best player that they'd ever played against or saw. And I wanted to ask you, during your college years, who was the best player that you encountered played against? Oh, yikes. Uh, you know, when I was a senior, that's when we went 7-7. Seven and seven, Probably one of the worst uh, 
you know, I guess uh, years, especially coming off of playing against Miami in the National Rose Bowl Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, K-State, Darren Sproles ran oh, all over us when we went down to K-State. Mm-hmm. I mean, the brother was short, quick, stocky. No one could touch him. He ran over 200 yards for us. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he, he spent, what, 20 years in the league? A uh, long time. Darren Sproles uh, was a beast. I mean, uh, competitive. And, uh, like I say, shorter than me, but yet he was resilient. I'm pretty sure someone uh, filled his bucket up with a lot of confidence uh, and just a lot of belief, a lot of self-esteem and just self-efficacy. Darren Sproles, all the way. You know, Sproles was um, – he reminded me of a late time – like, I'm, I'm showing my age here, but Eric Metcalf. He was a great mm-hmm. Cleveland back, man. Cleveland kick returner, Metcalf. And then you look at more modern day – who was a big kick return for the Bears for all those years, man? Uh, David oh, Hester. Hester. I mean, those dudes, it was, first of all, it was hard to see them. And then once you did, it was too late. <laughs> or usually looking at the back yep. of the jersey, reading their last name. You know? <laughs> exactly. You know, he, he was rough. He was rough. Dude, well, let me ask you this, man. A lot of people don't understand this. Well, a lot of people do know this. This was, remember when Boyd Epley. And Boyd Epley was the, uh, I mean, he was the godfather of modern day um, weight rooms and conditioning for college football. Not just college football, but college athletics in general. Boyd Epley, remember we got those Survivor t-shirts and how much that meant to mm-hmm. us during the strength and index conditioning during winter conditioning. Let me ask you this. How, you went with this, you went from a 1.6 GPA to a three-time academic um, um, all Big 12. You came in already benching 405. <laughs> I mean, you like one of those guys that come in the weight room. I'd look at me like, why are you here? You're done. I think you're good, you know. You didn't take that and just say, okay, that's enough. You said, I want to do more. Explain to us the mentality, what it takes to become the lifter of the year. And people don't understand, you know, you won that in 2002, but you were one of the finalists the year before in 2001. Why was it so important to you to be physically in shape as it was for you mentally? you know, from an academic standpoint, what type of mindset did you take with that? You know, uh, I was never the biggest, but I always wanted to at least be the strongest and uh, be able to go out there and compete. And so uh, having an opportunity to every single day to get stronger, I mean, as the motto says, day by day, we get better and better. Um, yeah, you know, 405 wasn't enough. I knew there was more. So every year I got stronger, I got stronger. I can never get bigger, but the speed and the strength, right. uh, by the time, you know, I guess my junior year, that's when I was bench pressing 500. And, and then on, on top of, you know, everything that, that that boy, you know, just the values, you know, striving for excellence and everything, um, you know, I guess it just goes back to when I was a kid. I knew I was never the best football player on my team's. But I was always resilient. I was always competitive. Even to this day, I'm 41, and I still go into the YMCA just like I'm about to knock somebody out on Saturday. <laughs> so you know, uh, you know, it's just something that uh, I would just say. I guess I've I'm somewhat conditioned to just always improve myself mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's just who I am, um, and so uh, I was always an undersized defensive end. A lot of people question, doubt it, but speed kills, as we all know. But then on top of being able to get them 
pound wow. um, offensive tackles off of me because of my bench press, because of my squat and deadlift. Um, yeah, Nebraska, man. I mean, if people truly took advantage of all those resources, like I did, they can leave that program being a champion in life. So I never got a championship ring like UAD, but one thing that I did leave Nebraska with is this championship attitude. And I think you always talk about it, your Mm -hmm. attitude, your choice. Mm -hmm. And so I always like to say you win or lose by how you choose. So every day I've made that choice to, to, to be the best that I can be. And um, those are the results. I love that. You win or lose by how you choose. We got a quick message in here. Jay Foreman, give give give, give Foreman Jay Foreman a quick shout out, Demo. Jay, man, what's up? Hey, uh, we still need to get together. I'm, I see you out there on the golf golf course. Um, I need to get out there, and um, hey, uh, keep doing your thing out there in the community. Uh, we're uh, just um, the nonprofit um, serving serving youth, working for youth. Also, basketball. He out there coaching basketball. Yeah, no, I can't I'm, even dunk. Yes, okay. He said he can't even <laughs> dunk. <laughs> yeah, oh boy, he's, see, he's out there coaching basketball with them big old cow muscles, but can't even dunk. <laughs> see, here's what Jay Foreman asked me, man. He put it on the text line here, Demo. He goes, "Can you ask AD why he traded me during intramural basketball, wow. Des Moines? The reason why we trade. Everybody got a salary cap, man." Jay was wanting too much, man. You know, he was. <laughs> but, but I will say this for little bro Jay. When me and Jay Foreman and Jay Gates and uh, Aiken Udofia, Cedric Brown, and we did win some interval championships when we were playing basketball back in the day. When Mike Rucker was on our team, another former defensive oh, end. Man. man, we had Jay Foreman and Rucker literally control the paint. I mean, there was one guy, I'll never forget this, Demo. This guy came through the hole. He got hit by Rucker first, and then he got, I think, clothesline and a rib shot by Jay Foreman. The Foreman said, get out of here, fool. <laughs> I don't think that dude ever came to the rec center again. <laughs> I never did see you guys take the intramural softball fields. You know, I was, yeah, not I, a lot of I'd brothers al- playing softball. I'd always look for you guys. You know? <laughs> Jay was a great player. He was a senior when I was a freshman. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Ricky Williams came up to Nebraska, man, Jay had over 10 tackles. I yeah, mean, uh, Jay didn't get distracted with Ricky being this Heisman candidate. Man, Jay was on Ricky like white on rice. You know, so, Demoyne, would you say, okay, you think about the big brothers like that, that you know, the greats, Jay Foreman, um, you know, the, the Grant Wishmans you played with, the Mike Ruckers. I mean, the, the Brown boys who you were teammates with, Mike and Ralph Brown. People forget, and Coach McBride brought this up a few weeks ago when Rashawn uh, had him on the captain show uh, a few weeks ago. I was listening to this on the radio. I was driving back home. And Coach McBride said, people forget how good that 99 and 2000 defense was, particularly all those guys that you had. You mentioned that with Foreman, the way that he was knocking the lights out of Ricky Williams and the rest of those guys. How did that rub off on you for the rest of your Nebraska career and teach you the Nebraska way of how you do things? You know, guys like him, and then after him, Carlos Pope, mm. Warren. Oh, they you know, dogs. Uh, you know, uh, Mike yeah. and Ralph. I mean, they, they, they led by example in terms of what it meant to be a black shirt. You know, I was very fortunate to get my black shirt 
as a sophomore because they showed the way. Showed the and way. if you weren't doing things the way that you needed to do, you'd be held accountable. So, hey, I didn't want to get uh, wrestled or, you know, running up, you know, uh, stadium steps. I wanted to do things the Blackshirt way. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they definitely led the way, uh, great leadership. And um, I think, uh, you know, if Nebraska can get back to that to where there's not all this pressure on the coaches but on the players. Mm. There were so many players that demonstrated leadership. The coaches, they just got out of the way, and we still had so much success. So definitely shout-out to folks like Carlos Pope, to Aaron Wills. I mean, to all of those black shirts, I mean, they were the ones that – you know, really motivated me, inspired me to do what I needed to do. And unfortunately, you know, I had a black shirt for three years, but they led by example, not just with their words, but with their actions. And to me, that's leadership. Absolutely. That, it gives me goosebumps to think about those names and people forget how, think about we were so fortunate in Nebraska, there's so many greats. When people ask me, like, who was the best or whatever – I don't mention anyone as far as the best in that you don't want to forget someone because there were so many of them, you know. There were so many. You know, but you mentioned Carlos Polk, Jay Foreman, Aaron Wills, and those guys and how they taught you the Nebraska way, reinforced you the Nebraska way, and then you taught others and mentored them. What I want you to think about as we take this next break, I want you, the question I want you to think about is after you left in you because you spent some time in the NFL, the CFL, and the AFL, and what you're doing right now with teammates at CEO. We'll be back with Des Moines Adams on 93.7 The Ticket. This is Riffin' with Raf and AD. This is a 30-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 live stream workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com workshops.